Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. How beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace. So if you want happy feet, if you want to spring in your step, tell others about Jesus. I honestly believe this is the key to personal revival, to share your faith. Today, pastor and evangelist Greg Laurie says we need to embrace the privilege of sharing the heaven-sent message that saves people from their sins. Make a decision to share it today. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Ever discover after the fact that someone forgot to relay an important message to you? Maybe it was about a great opportunity, or maybe it was about a serious problem, but you never got the message. The consequences can be significant. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out the message that we need to deliver, and it's about both a serious problem and a great opportunity. We'll see it's about a choice between life and death, literally, and offers the hope of heaven. Today, we're in our Timeless series, and the title of my message is The Joy of Sharing Your Faith, and I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, I'm gonna read verses 14 to 15. Paul says, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why this scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Another translation of the word beautiful, as in how beautiful are the feet of those that share the gospel, is lively. How lively are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace. So if you want happy feet, (laughs) if you want to spring in your step, tell others, about Jesus. I honestly believe this is the key to personal revival, to share your faith. Look at verse 14. How will they hear without a preacher? Well, that's the last thing most of us want to do. Preacher, I don't want to be a preacher. If you're saying something to someone, they'll say, don't preach to me. I don't need a sermon, man. So this is something people avoid, but remove the word preach. Let's just say talk. Go into all the world and talk the gospel. Conversationally. You don't have to elevate your voice unless you're speaking to a large group of people. 
But this is the idea of verbal communication. Listen, the primary way that God has chosen to reach non-believers is through the verbal communication of the gospel. Now in effect you earn the right to do that by living a godly life and being a good example. Now some people will say, well I don't like to preach, I'm uncomfortable with that. I'll just be a good example and that will bring people to Christ. Well it may open their hearts a little bit, but you need to engage them in a conversation. And the greatest compliment that a non-believer can pay to a believer is when they come to you and say, what is it that makes you so different? Ah, now the door is open for you to share your faith. But you gotta speak up. Jesus said, if salt has lost its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything. What good is salt that isn't salty? What good is a Coke that's gone flat? What, is, what good is a decaf soy latte? I mean, really, why? And now you get it with almond milk. I love almond milk. I read about weird things that people actually order at Starbucks. These are real orders. An iced venti caramel macchiato with 15 pumps of vanilla syrup. Also heavy whipping cream, no ice, and caramel drizzle. People just go to 31 flavors. Does that even exist anymore? I used to have one near my house and they shut it down and I was not happy because I liked 31 flavors. But, you know, coffee should have caffeine. <laughs> That's the whole point, it seems to me. Salt should be salty. That's what Jesus is saying. Now we need to understand the role of salt in the ancient world. It was extremely valuable. It had both preservative and medicinal value. Number one, it kept meat from rotting. So you would rub salt into your meat uh, and it would last for a long time. There was no refrigeration. And in the same way, in many ways, the Christian keeps culture from rotting. We're there to speak up for what is right and speak out against what is wrong. But that's not all salt did. Salt also helped to heal wounds and stop infection. People love to go to the Dead Sea that has a very high salt content to heal their wounds. And for salt to do its work, it must come into contact with the person who needs to be healed or to the product that needs to be preserved. And in the same way, if we're gonna be salt in the culture, we have to come into contact with people. And the last thing is salt stimulates thirst. If you have something that's really salty, it makes you thirsty. Like when you go to the movie and you order popcorn and maybe they oversalt it. So you go and ask for, can I have a little cup of water? We can't give cups for water. <laughs> but we'll sell you this water for $35. And <laughs> more water than you would drink in a month. <laughs> but that's the whole point. So when you have salt, it means that you're stirring and stimulating thirst in others and they want to hear what you have to say. There's no question that Nothing drives a person away from the faith more than hypocrisy in the church, right? Mahatma Gandhi certainly made his mark on history, especially in the nation of India. Many people don't know that Gandhi admired Jesus and actually quoted the Sermon on the Mount. So a missionary met with Gandhi and asked him why he was not a Christian. And Mahatma Gandhi said this in response, quote, I don't reject your Christ, I love your Christ. It's just so many of you Christians are so unlike your Christ. And unfortunately that can be true. 
So we want to live this and it will earn us the right to preach this. One of the best illustrations of this is found in Acts 16. Paul and Silas are imprisoned for preaching the gospel. They're put into a dungeon. But we read at midnight, Paul and Silas began to sing praises to God and the other prisoners were listening. That's interesting in the original language it can be translated, they were listening with pleasure. They had never heard anything like this in that prison before. Paul and Silas singing, kind of harmonizing like the Everly Brothers, I don't know. But it was beautiful music to their ears. And then a great earthquake comes and shakes the walls and the foundation of the prison and suddenly every prisoner is free to go and the chains even come off of their arms and legs and the jailer pulls out his sword and is ready to kill himself. Why? Because he would be executed for losing his prisoners and Paul says, stop, don't hurt yourself. We're all here. And that jailer goes over to Paul and Silas and drops on his knees and says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Paul says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. And that goes for your household too. And that man believed right there on the spot. What happened? They earned the right to be heard. And of course they shared the gospel. But I love that question. What must I do to be saved? That phrase has sort of fallen out of uh, popularity. Saved. You'd have people come up to you and say, are you saved? Or if you're a preacher, you would say, are you saved, right? <laughs> but it's really a good question. And it's really a perfect term, saved. It shows the drama of it all. We're like a drowning person that needs to be saved by the lifeguard. We're like a person trapped in a burning building that need to be saved by a firefighter. Or we're a person in trouble and we need to be saved by the police officer or whatever it might be. It's saved. And we're either saved or we're not saved. Are we going to heaven or literally we're going to hell? There is an afterlife. Now apparently Arnold Schwarzenegger is not sold on the idea of an afterlife because he was just interviewed and he was asked the question, what happens when we die? Arnold's response, nothing. You're six feet under. Anyone that tells you something else is a blanking, I can't use the word he used. Anyone that tells you something else is a blanking liar. Wow, that would make Jesus Christ a liar because Jesus says there is an afterlife. And he says in John 14, in my Father's house are many Mansions that were not so, I would have told you. If I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. But Arnold had more to say. He said in this interview, some people are comfortable with death. I'm not. Because I will blank, miss the blank out of everything to sit here with you. This is gonna be gone one day to have fun, to go to the gym and pump, <laughs> to see interesting things all around the world. What, the blank? That's what hopelessness sounds like. But there's hope for Arnold Schwarzenegger and there's hope for everyone that believes in Jesus. You know, Arnold's sort of seen life as it's all in the here and now and I'm just gonna go and, you know, die. Well, yes, your body will go into the ground, but if you're a believer, you live on in the presence of God where the Bible says there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore but I have to believe in Jesus and I need to be saved before that is going to happen. People just need someone to show them the way. One of my favorite stories in the Bible 
is the story of a man from Ethiopia that came to Jerusalem searching for God. He was a foreign dignitary, probably on an entourage. I don't know if his chariot had little flags on it and secret service guys running next to it, but uh, he was an impressive person. So when he showed up into town, they gave him a scroll of Isaiah. They didn't have printed Bibles back then. So to be given a scroll of Isaiah, hand done by the scribes, was pretty impressive. So this man from Ethiopia, this dignitary is leaving Jerusalem. He had not found God. And he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah out loud. And he happens to be in the 53rd chapter. Meanwhile, God speaks to Philip, who's actually identified as Philip the evangelist, and says to Philip, go to the desert. And he doesn't give him any more information. Just go to the desert. So Philip's standing out there in the desert wondering what he's doing there and what's supposed to happen next. And now along comes this entourage and he sees the man reading from Isaiah 53 and Philip says, got it, Lord. I think I see what's going on here. I can take it from here. He asks that man, do you understand what you're reading? And the man says, how can I unless someone shows me the way? And at that point, Philip climbed in the chariot, explained that Isaiah 53 was talking about the suffering Savior Jesus Christ who died for the sin of the world and he led that man to the Lord. In the same way, people are just waiting for someone to show them the way. Would you be that person? We all know the story of the Titanic. Many of us only know the movie version with Jack and Rose, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. And we wonder, why couldn't Jack fit on that door with Rose? Why did he have to drown? None of that happened. But there is a story that actually did happen when the real Titanic sank. And there's a real hero of that story and his name was John Harper. John Harper was a well-known evangelist in Scotland. and He was asked to speak at Moody Bible Church. So he was making his journey from the UK over to America, Chicago specifically. And when the Titanic struck the iceberg, he put his daughter in a lifeboat and he gave his life jacket to a passenger knowing he would not survive it. And then he began to fulfill his God-given purpose as an evangelist and went up and down the decks asking this question of the people who were literally on a sinking ship. Are you saved? Do you know Jesus Christ? Well, the boat did sink, of course. And he found a piece of floating wreckage to hold on to. And, and this man swam from survivor to survivor, one piece of wreckage to another, asking the question, are you saved? Do you know Christ? Finally, he found one man and asked him, are you saved? The man said, I'm not. And he says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, just like Paul said to that jailer. And the man believed. After that, John Harper drowned. That same man, that heard this message was in a meeting four years later and he remembered that fateful night and he said to the people that were assembled, there alone in the night with two miles of water under me, I believed I was John Harper's last convert. Will you have a last convert? When's the last time you asked someone, are you saved? Well, I'm not comfortable saying that. Well, say it any way you want. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you asked them to come into your life? Can I tell you about what Jesus has done for me? This is the message we need to give. We need to care. And there's joy in sharing it. I promise you, there's joy in sharing it. Make a decision 
to share it today. Make a decision to share it tomorrow. Make a commitment to have evangelism be a part of your everyday life and you will be spiritually replenished in a way you have never known before. I'm not a preacher. Don't need to be a preacher. Just make your recommendation. Just give your endorsement. You talk about burgers and movies and everything else. Oh, the series I binge watch. Okay, talk about Jesus with as much if not more passion. So let me close with this and ask this question of everyone here. Are you saved? Say, well, what do you even mean by that? You're either saved or you're not saved. You either have a relationship with God or you don't. There's no in between. Jesus said, you're for me or you're against me. And it's a decision we all have to make. God wants everyone to be saved. The Bible even says, this is the will of God, that everyone is saved, but God will not force you to believe. He gives you a choice. Jesus died on that cross for you 2,000 years ago and shed his blood so you could be forgiven of all of your sin. And then you could have a relationship with God and go to heaven one day. But you must believe. You must accept him into your life. You must ask Jesus to forgive you. Have you done that yet? If not, do you want to? You can do it right now, right in this moment. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ and be saved. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that your Holy Spirit will open the spiritual eyes of those that do not yet know you. Help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you and believe and be saved. Right now we pray. Now while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and we're praying together, let me ask you, are you saved? If not, do you want to be? Do you want to go to heaven when you die? Do you want to fill that hole in your heart do you want your sin forgiven? Jesus Christ stands at the door of your life and he knocks and says, if you'll hear his voice and open the door, he will come in. If you would like Christ to come into your life, if you would like him to forgive you of your sin, if you would like to know that you will go to heaven when you die, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus Christ, wherever you are, pray this prayer out loud after me. Pray this now, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you're the Savior who died on the cross for my sin and rose again from the dead. Come into my life, Jesus. I repent of my sin. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want this relationship with you. Thank you for hearing this prayer and answering this prayer. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Such an important prayer today on A New Beginning. Pastor Greg Laurie leading people in a decision for the Lord. There are some listening that will mark this moment as the start of their new life as a believer. And if you're one of them, we want to first welcome you into the family of God. And then we want to help you begin to walk each day with the Lord. We'd like to send you some resource materials to help you in your new journey. Just ask for a new believer's growth packet when you call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. And the team would love to pray with you too. 
Call 1-800-772-936 today. Next time on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg offers some practical insights for sharing our faith more effectively. It's not as challenging as some people think. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called The Joy of Sharing Your Faith. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 